This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. Today you're going to hear a message called Moloch Ruling America, where I spoke at Beacon of Truth Church in Garnet, Kansas, for Apostle Reuben Esch. The date I shared was on July 19, 2023, in the evening service. Let's begin. We're supposed to be changing America, but America has changed the church. You're talking about Israel. God brought them out of Egypt, but Egypt was still in Israel. And they suffered for 40 years needlessly. We're suffering needlessly in America, and it's only going to get a lot worse without another great awakening. I can guarantee you there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth, and blood will flow. Father God, thank you now for this time. Bless it in the name of Jesus. Do what only you can do, dear God. Bear reality of what the word's spoken so that we can go forth with more authority, more power, more zeal, with determination, dear God, to be your ambassador, to do what we can to change our community. Continue, dear God, to be faithful with your people, to back the pastors here, dear God, Pastor Reuben and Charlie Watts, dear God. Let the people understand they're unique, they're not normal, they're righteous, and they should value them like the pearl of great choice because not every congregation sits under a man of God. Many sit under a hireling. Many sit under a eunuch. A steer instead of a bull who can't give life, who's been neutered because of a lack of relationship with God, a lack of intimacy with God. Because of that, they allow the pressures of society and people in government to affect their relationship and their stance as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Father God, we've got to have another great awakening. That's the only thing that's going to save America. It's the only thing that's going to prevent the church from coming under severe persecution. Let us realize that, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to give a little summary over our services Sunday, just briefly, just to bring us a little bit up to par. I know we have another congregation here, and uh, we certainly can't start over, but hopefully it can come together. Now, I'm not going to show what I normally show with a new congregation, although you have an article in front of you, colored. If you don't have one, raise your hand and they'll give you one right now. It also has Eagle Saving Nations 1 and 2 in it and a brochure. And so that gives you a little bit of an idea what I do. So if you don't have that color article, just raise your hand. Good. Okay. 
Now, Pastor Rubens asked me to also give some testimonies. I'm going to do that because I believe testimonies bring reality up front. Every pastor should have testimonies, amen? Not the same kind. We, we have different ministries, different callings, but we still should have a testimony to share and many testimonies because the gospel is alive. It's real. We should have testimonies. If you can just read the Bible and not have a testimony, why attend that church? I can read the Bible myself. But a pastor needs testimonies. It validates his ministry, his credentials. Is he called of God? Does he move with the Holy Spirit? Does God speak to him? There's got to be testimonies. Now, Sunday morning, I spoke on guarding the sheep from wolves. I gave some examples of David Wilkerson. He was a friend of mine. And this passage of guarding the sheep goes into Paul's weeping and crying, worrying about what would happen as he moved off the scene, how wolves would come in and twist the gospel. And he was crying, he was weeping, he was burdened, he was concerned. I believe that's what Pastor Charles Watts is and apostolic leader Reuben Esch and, and myself and others. We are greatly burdened over what's happening in the church. If you're not burdened, I don't know why you're trying to lead the church. Jesus was burdened about the bride of Christ and warned what would happen in the future and also warned about the penalties that those that stood behind the pulpit would receive for misrepresenting him and fleecing the flock, taking advantage of them. Severe penalties to pastors. Now, I don't see that preached too often, but it should be. I was in a large church this was after I had left law enforcement. My background was law enforcement. Strategic Air Command in the military. SWAT team, special weapons and tactics, felony crime. I was also the president of the Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers. Over every branch of law enforcement. FBI, CIA, U.S. Marshals, Secret Service, local county police. And let me tell you something. Some of those agencies need to be dismantled. The CIA is corrupt. The FBI is corrupt. The presidential election was stolen. Are you hearing me? We're in a situation. They're trying to topple America, move us into the new world order, sheer communism. And some pastors don't seem to realize what's going on. It's like Germany all over again. Years ago, pastors used to condemn pastors in Germany. Oh, if I was there, I would have done something. Really? What did you do during COVID? That gives you a little bit of an idea. Did you flow with them? I know I went on television, called for civil disobedience. Do not obey these unconstitutional laws. The church should not close down. Are we there? What would you do? Only Bonhoeffer and some others stood against Hitler. The church could have stopped Hitler, his policies at the beginning. We didn't need to get near this far that we're losing America if the church was healthy. If the church had a relationship, like Pastor Watts, breathing it, feeling it, Pastor Ish, I've known him for years. Why we continue to work together? Why do I continue to come? Because he's real. He's burdened. He's passionate. He understands the bride of Christ. Two angels walked in years ago when I was speaking in this Assembly of God church, over a thousand. Sat in the back. People's eyes were open. They, they witnessed, fell under the power of God for about six hours laying on the floor. When it was all over, because when they walked in, they started writing down everything I was saying. 
I said, Lord, why did you send your angels? He said, my angels are always there. I said, what were they doing? They always write down what the person behind the pulpit are saying. And he said, on judgment day, they'll vindicate that man or woman of God or condemn them with their own words. I have never forgot that. Every church, their holy witnesses are recording what is being said, including what is being twisted of the word of God to manipulate people or how they're trying to change the word of God so they can ordain homosexuals, bring drag queens into the churches. The emergent church lies of evolving. Do you understand holy angels? And I speak in front of a lot of pastors and bishops and apostles. And I have warned them for 30 plus years that testimony. Do you understand, guys? Holy witnesses are recording your statements. And if you're twisting the word of God to manipulate your people, you call giving units. So they're going to either vindicate you or condemn you with your own words. And if you have the audacity to twist the word of God, God himself, because of your sheer vanity and pride, God help your soul. Guarding the sheep. I've done seven programs recently on demons. We're on seven days a week, radio and television. Look at my website, worldministries.org, if you don't get our channels in your area, and you can watch and listen every single day. We hold nothing back. We have professionals on it constantly. Clergy, business people, lawyers that fight into the Supreme Court, senators, House of Representatives, bankers, doctors. We censor nothing. We share the truth, exactly what's going on and what they're trying to do to manipulate you and even depopulate the world. See, this is real. Now, I don't think I'm shocking anybody here because I think you're under good leadership. Now, number one was demons. Why am I doing a series on it? I found out that Apostle Esh is doing the same thing. Number two, demons are organized. Three, can Christians have demons? Four, the etiology of demons in people. Five, mediums, charms, fortune-telling, etc. Six, Leviathan and marine spirits. Seven, marine spirits, the movie Avatar in Hinduism. You know, Revelation 9, 1 through 12, talks about plague of demons out of the abyss, bottomless pit, to torment men for five months. Revelation 9, 13 through 21, plague of demons out of the abyss to slay one-third of men on the earth. Now understand, around the world, in the past, there's a lot of demonic activity. I've cast out more demons than I can count. Many coming out violently, some twisting their heads upside down as the spirits move out. We have more demonic activity. I gave Apostle Esh, I went to Washington, D.C., Dick Simmons' office, right across from Congress, six to eight hours a day, praying and then going into the Senate, House of Representatives, Supreme Court, White House, identifying the spirits in those places. We have more spirits influencing people now than ever before because we're so far away from God, the churches, than ever before. I could cast out demons out of most churches. In other words, people in churches, I could cast out demons just about out of every church. Worship pastors, everything, because I've done it. Worship pastor come up for prayer for healing. 
I discern a demon, start casting it out. They bring a bucket and he's vomiting and screaming as demons are coming out of the worship pastor. This isn't isolated. I spoke at the fivefold gifts of ministry in Florida. Major meeting, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor, and the worship pastor. I cast demons out to start it out. That changed some of their theology. In Singapore, I was involved in a mega church. I've been involved with two. We'd get them saved on Sunday, and by Saturday, we had them lined up all ready for deliverance. Why? Because it's multicultural, multi-religion. Hinduism is one. When they're babies, they take them to the temple gods, offer them to the gods. They get saved. We start casting demons out of them. You know, they start dancing around like a monkey or whatever god they were given to. Christians! Say, Christians can't have demons. Well, then you better not get sick because a spirit enters the body, not your spirit. Are you with me? I don't have time for teaching, but it's a reality. And demons are affecting people in all of the churches today because people are so far away from God. If you don't keep the door shut, God help you. You with me, Pastor? They're affecting us. Look at this insanity all over America. Don't you think demons are coming right from the White House? Right from Congress? You bet they are. Moloch ruling America. I want to talk on that tonight. Moloch ruling America. Sunday night I talked on again faith destroyers. Pastor Ruben already alluded to that. Faith destroyers. Also three things that prevent miracles or demons returning. One, I said offense. Two, without honor. Three, unbelief. Offense, without honor, unbelief. Offense. You classify it as a sin, it certainly is. We're supposed to not bear offense. When you have offense, you open yourself up for demonic activity. Also, you open yourself up where the Holy Spirit can't flow through you. I'll just give my testimony very briefly how I got out of law enforcement. I've pastored five churches, and now I'm leading World Ministries International and Eagle Saving Nations. Somebody had done something to my wife, first wife, and in which some countries you could execute for. Other countries, you'd be in prison 20 years. Righteous anger is for restoration. Restoration. To bring the person to God. It's not to destroy somebody. I hated him. I wanted to kill him. Now, why? Because I had too much pride. Here I was the president of the Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers. It's like a pastoral position. I was also a lay pastor in a large Assembly of God church, over a thousand, in counseling. And if you hate somebody long enough, there's a chemical imbalance that will happen in your mind, as well as other psychosomatic diseases, and you could get a variety of diseases, including mental illness. Demonic attack! I had lost my peace, my joy, and I finally went to my basement and said, God, forgive me. I cried and cried and cried, and he forgave me. But then he said, leave your gift at the altar and make it right. Faith is not going by emotions. Even though I asked God to forgive me, I didn't want to see this man. But faith is obedience. You live by faith, you obey the word of God. So I talked myself into it. Get up, drive, get out, knock. He opened the door. I said, I've hated you, will you forgive me? And it broke. Instantly I loved him like a father. I went to the church I said, some of you have called me pastor. I've been a hypocrite. I've hated a man. You know it. The senior pastor has talked to me many times. And I said, hey, I don't hate him. But I did. Because pride, you have deception, deceivableness. You can't see reality. 
but I knew it. That's why I cried out to God to forgive me. I've hated a man. I've asked God to forgive me. I asked the man to forgive me. And I want you as the church to forgive me. Now follow me as I follow Christ. That night I had my first supernatural vision and it's been a journey ever since. See, I had to get out of the way for the Holy Spirit to start to use me. Are we together? I had to get out of the way. Get out of the way. Always get out of the way. I'll tell you a story on the Indian Ocean. I had to get out of the way. In that nighttime vision, I saw myself meeting with presidents and prime ministers. If you look at those articles, you'll see that. I saw myself meeting with the masses. I speak up to 200,000 people at times. I saw apocalyptic events. I saw death lines, the situation today. I saw the heartbeat of God, and his heart was broken. I said, why, God, is your heart broken? He said, because my bride is in love with the world more than me. You know, you're talking about passion, Charlie, passion. That's what I see in you, passion, because of your love for Christ and the bride. God's heart was broken because of what's going on in America and around the world, because of the person behind the pulpit. My heart is broken because my bride is in love with the world more than me. I said, why, Lord? And he said, because of the man behind the pulpit. I came out of that in a deep sweat, conviction. I instantly started resigning from areas of responsibility, preparing myself to travel the nations, to wake up the church for the second coming of Christ. It's an Elijah, John the Baptist type of ministry. Wake them up! You've lost your first love. You're not ready. Talked a little bit about peace in the storm. Casting all your cares on the Lord. Controlling your thoughts. We need to understand these things because trouble is coming like never before. You think trouble is here, it's going to get a lot worse. The only thing that can stop it is another great awakening if we can wake up the church. You better understand peace in the storm. That nobody can touch you unless God allows it. That if he allows it, you have instant promotion because we don't die. I could give you so many testimonies of people coming back from the dead, what they saw in heaven, and they never wanted to come back. We pray for one lady. She had died. We prayed. The spirit came back in her body. In heaven, while we were praying, the Lord took a seed bag off her, put it on her neck, said, you're going back to earth to sow this seed, and I'll let you come and stay. She begged him, no. Instantly, the spirit in the body. Did you think she thanked us for praying? She was upset for two years. The earth is so dirty. Why did you pray? Well, she became a missionary in Singapore, Malaysia. She did great work for God. She sowed the seed and she died again and we didn't pray again. We left her there. I had enough of, you know, he prayed for somebody to be healed in two years, griping that, why did you pray? The point I'm making is people don't want to come back. They don't want to come back. They don't want to be here. We never die. If you have a heartache because of somebody that you love that God allowed to go leave them there, they would not want to come back to you again. I had four daughters and, and never had a son. We had a miscarriage. They said it was a boy. Now I have a boy. But that other boy would never want to come and live with me. Are we together? He's happy. Got my father there, my mother there. They don't want to come back. And neither will you when it's your time. You won't want to come back. Moloch. Moloch ruling America. 
In that color brochure, what you got, Eagle Saving Nations 1 and 2, read it. It explains what they're trying to do to the top of the republic right now. You need to read it. Go on my website, worldministries.org. You can read the other three parts. This is serious. This is happening as we speak. I told you on the Indian Ocean, Mombasa, I had to be very careful. The Muslims had burnt down seven churches. I was speaking in the largest church there of 40,000. We had nightly meetings, and let me tell you, I was in fasting, I was in prayer. Fasting is an extension of the power of God. It deletes your weakness so you can have God's strength because it deals with your pride, which is self-preservation when you eat. When I need something serious, I start to fast. If I'm going into a country of genocide, I fast. So I can go. Mombasa, we had tremendous miracles. One time before I spoke, I said, the Lord came upon me. I want every person with a tumor, a tumor sticking out of your throat or anywhere in your body, come forward. Over 100 people came. I had ushers, please come and take the names of these people. Now, there was heavy anointing. As fast as I could touch them, they were falling. Not only that, the tumor instantly disappeared. Instantly. The next night I came, they introduced me, and they kept clapping and clapping, and I was really getting grieved and I stopped the clapping I said you know it's okay for proper honor but they gave the honor to me that that should have went to God and I said I did not heal anybody here God healed I don't want that type of honor you've got to be careful always careful that your pride doesn't offend the Holy Spirit I said I don't want this type of honor please give God the glory and they clapped for 45 straight minutes and I felt pretty good I felt pretty good. <laughs> Powerful things happened that night after that. It was an African church, but all of a sudden, everybody on their faces after the preaching, and they heard a heavenly choir and trumpets. There was no trumpets. They started to hear the choir of heaven. I'm telling you, when you get out of the way, powerful things happen. Open your colored newsletters. You'll see... Rwanda there. Look for Rwanda. And then next look at Burundi. I'm just telling you how God still moves. How powerful he is. Page six. Now if you go to the website, you look up Rwanda, punch any one of those or in any of them, you'll see the full prophecy, what God is saying to these people. I don't have time to give you too many testimonies here. But Rwanda... I fasted 42 days to go to Rwanda. Why? Because if you know the story of Rwanda, if anybody's watched Hotel Rwanda, they were pulling out people and slaughtering them. They killed 1.3 million people in three to six months. Nobody was going in. God gave me a word for the government, and I had to fast 42 days to have the courage to go in. Again, as you fast, you deny yourself, which is denying your pride, self-preservation as you eat, and you draw on the Spirit of God. The power of God, the boldness of God, the anointing of God. You start to draw God into you. And God's afraid of nothing. He's overcome everything. And after 42 days, I knew I could go in and I went in. I flew into Kigali. They took me to the parliament. And the first words out of my mouth were, Mr. President, I would never say this to you. I would not say it. But God says the majority of your parliamentarians right here in this part are fools. And I gave the definition of a fool. 
One that rejects the word of God, the laws of God, the morality of God, the wisdom of God. And under your own vanity, you make your own laws and you've killed 1.3 million of your own people. And God calls his parliament a fool. Unless there's a repentance from the president on down. Sir, your nation is damned. You have killed an eighth of the population. You're going to have coup after coup, vengeance after vengeance. There will be no peace. Blood is in every home. I left with the parliament. They did not say anything. Spoke to a lot of Christians in the capital, several thousand, and then I flew out. Two weeks later, I get a call from the president. He said, Reverend Hansen, just so you know, the parliament debated your words. They took your advice. We're calling seven days of national repentance in the national stadium of 60,000. It'll be on television. And for seven days, they repented one to another. The fighting has stopped, and there's been peace ever since. God can still use you. You say, what can I do? God can use you. Maybe you know you're supposed to go into a situation and witness to a family or friend. God can use you to resolve that situation if you have the courage to obey God, if God has spoken to you. You might have to fast to do it. Then fast. Then fast. But God still uses individuals in powerful ways. This is Dr. Hansen, and tomorrow... Make sure you tune in as I'll be finishing this message on Moloch ruling America. God bless you. Now here is my friend, Scott Farah, and he's going to help you with your business. Scott? Jesus teaches us that we should never do anything without making a plan first. Most small business owners fail to follow this biblical principle and do not have a written plan for where they want to be in one year, three years, five years. Yet every large business has a written plan. Many who wish to start their own businesses do not develop a plan first. This is one of the major reasons that 80% of all small businesses fail within the first five years. God worked through me to develop a unique educational program for business people. Quite frankly, this program has changed people's lives. If you currently own a business or if you're thinking about going into business for yourself, you need the independence program. Visit our website, independenceprogram.training, and if you choose to purchase this unique educational program, make sure that you use promo code WMI. It will give you a 5% discount. So if what you have just heard resonates with you, and if you care and you want to be an unsung hero, I implore you, please take a few seconds to call us today and leave a message with a short prayer for us. Because we need to know that you are with us and care enough to be part of the spark with us so that together we can move God to send a great awakening that can reverse the inevitability of God's coming judgment according to what God spoke in Jeremiah 18, 7, and 8. We believe that if you joined hands with us, Together, we can save America from certain catastrophic judgment. So call now, okay? Dial 360-629-5248. And say a short prayer for us in your message. And leave your phone number too, okay? So one more time, 360-629-5248. Thank you and God bless.